You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network brought to you by Interstate Batteries. From your truck to your trail camera and everything in between, if you have a piece of hunting gear or a piece of hunting equipment that needs a battery, Interstate Batteries has got you covered. You can go to a local retail store. Or you can go visit online at interstatebatteries.com. They have thousands of local retail shops all over the U.S., so you can go there as well. Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable. Well, thank you guys for being on the Coffee and Deer Show. Appreciate you taking the time out to do this. I'm at uh, G5 Prime Archery uh, here in Memphis, Michigan, which when I told people I was coming to Memphis, they didn't think Memphis, Michigan. I live in a town called Indiana, Pennsylvania, which always confuses people, (laughs) so you know what that's like. And um, you guys have been a sponsor of the National Deer Alliance since we started, and that's where we first met, I think, is whenever I came on board and you came to a dinner uh, to hear about the National Deer Alliance. We'll get into that in a second, but what I want to do first is I want to have you each just introduce yourselves and just very quickly... um, your, just your, your title, your role with the company, and then we're going to get into some of the really cool history uh, here at G5 Prime as well. So, Well, uh, my name is Lou Grace. I'm uh, the president here, um, and I'm second generation. My, my dad actually started the Grace Engineering, uh, which is the foundational business uh, in 66. And uh, with uh, Matt and, and Nate, uh, we started G5 in 2000. Uh, but as president, uh, I've been around for for quite a long time. Uh, not so much in the 60s, but in the 70s. So I've been here a long time. And we started off as a precision machining company. We made parts for IBM and National Cash Register and uh, things like that. But when the boys started to go to school and, and realized that um, <clears throat> we'd like to start making our own products instead of manufacturing precision parts for other people, um, we, we, as a group, started uh, G5 in, in 2000. Um, that's kind of what we've done since then, so. Okay. Yep, um, I'm Matt Grace, and um, kind of more the uh, business and uh, marketing, oversee those, those parts of things, so kind of my uh, role. I'm Nate Grace, and I'm a Chief Design Officer, so. 
product development and engineering, that sort of thing. So the whole, you guys are all engineering backgrounds then? I mean, that's... Except for Matt. Except for Matt. He's, he's, got, he's the real brains. He's, uh, <laughs> he's the marketing and, and sales, and uh, he keeps us going uh, from a business standpoint. Yeah. yeah, which is, I mean, it's you made it sound so simple. Oh, I yeah. just handle yeah. the, yeah. you know, the marketing part of it, but that's mm -hmm. a huge part of it as well, right? So right. it doesn't matter how great the product is if you don't mm -hmm. get the word out about it and yeah. have people talking about it. So you touched a little bit on the cool history of this company. So maybe a little bit more detail on that. Um, you mentioned well, we started, we started in 2000. Uh, actually, we started in 99 when we had some, some uh, good ideas about making broadheads. Uh, we wanted if it was patentable. So we went to the, to uh, 1999, we went to uh, um, the uh, Archery Trade uh, Association and looked around and nobody was actually making broadheads using this cool process that we used and, and uh, knew about called MIM, metal injected molding. Mm. So uh, we developed uh, a two blade and then our three blade, which is one of our most popular products called the Montec. We, we developed that in the, in the early years um, and we patented um, the process for, for making those heads. Um, the bit, we call it the business end of, the, of an arrow, yeah. uh, the hunting part. Um, and so the Montex is still probably one of our, our best selling uh, broadheads uh, from that technology. I know, I can, I can remember when I first saw that broadhead come out on the market just as a consumer. And to this day, even to your point about being one of your most popular products, I don't think there's an outdoor store I go into because mm -hmm. depending on the size of the store, they're going to offer so many different types of broadheads. Mm -hmm. And I see the G5 or the Montec in every store I go into. Mm -hmm. So I guess that gets back to the marketing and the popularity of that head. Yeah, yeah, no, it's been our, our number one head for some time, and I think a lot of people tend to know us sometimes more by, oh, you're the, the company, you know, the Montec company, sometimes more than the G5 company, so. But I think mm -hmm. the, the product, and it's one of the things, it's, it's unique in that it's one piece, and it's, you know, I think when we introduced it, we were able to really distinguish it from what it was else that was out in the marketplace and it's mm -hmm. it's a great product and stand the test of time for sure so it's it's been well received so. yeah i mean even as a user of, of that had many times myself too i always appreciated how easily it could be resharpened yeah, and, exactly. which doesn't make it as good for you because you're not selling as many yeah, maybe because yeah. it's durable it, it is but but that makes you repeat buyer too because yeah. it's yeah. nice to be able to to do that yeah. something a little bit more about uh, about the company but the the g5 started uh with the fact that we had five broadheads that we had originally designed but there's i've got five kids and um, our last name is Grace, and five is a biblical uh, number for Grace, and we're a Christian uh, company. So that's where the boys came up with uh, with the G5. This happens to be G1 and G3 here. Ah. <laughs> and so uh, there's there's a, a few other uh, their siblings that aren't part of the company, but they've all worked here when they were in school and things like that. But yeah. uh, it's very much a family-owned business. and. Um, you know, we're we're finding ourselves in this day and age one of the few family-owned businesses still in archery, and um, it's a, it's a blessing to be able to still be able to do that uh, because we produce a lot of other products for other industries, so it helps keep our company uh, diversified. We make parts for um, uh, the medical industry and, and the gun industry, uh, and uh, we have a full machine shop of 
uh, pretty sophisticated um, CNC equipment yeah. that helps uh, in the manufacturing. Yeah. So, so take me all the way back then when you were you were just making parts for other people. So my first question would be, did you ever see yourself where your company is now? Mm -hmm. and, and secondarily to that, why archery? Mm -hmm. Well, I'm, I'm kind of a self-taught archer. I, my uh, parents uh, and uncles never had time. As part of the generation, they just never had time to do it. I had just an interest in, in archery, and as archers, we spend a lot of time up in trees looking at the product that we're using thinking, well, gee, I, I think we can manufacture things that are, are better than this, yeah. um, than that we're actually using. And I always had an interest of making products. Uh, and then when the boys started to uh, get their training and schooling and, and things, we decided, let's, let's go into business and, and make, start making our own products. Well, archery is something that we knew. Uh, they, they, they did it when they were younger, and uh, it was something that we had a passion for, and that's really important. Um, to be able to to get through the the trials sometimes of, of businesses is to have a passion for it. It keeps you going. It keeps you um, you know pushing through the hard times. One of the things that stood out to me whenever I came in today was you've got a really nice team here, a big team. Mm -hmm. um, and this is I'm looking forward to getting back there and seeing some of the cool stuff that's going on for sure. But you mentioned, uh, obviously this is a family-owned company, and you mentioned I think it was 99 the first time you went to an ATA show? Right. So I'm guessing that the number of family businesses then at that time compared to 2019 yeah. was quite a bit different. Yeah, very much so. Yeah, well, I, most of the industry was, we weren't unique at all. Yeah. <laughs> most of the industry was family-owned, you know, or individually owned, you know, pro you know, sole proprietor type businesses. That was 90% of the industry. And, it's definitely industries evolved, changed quite a bit, you know, over the past uh, 17, 18 years for sure. So. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, you've seen it. It's, it's interesting, Tanya. You've seen yeah. that landscape change. Yeah, for sure. Quite drastically. Yeah. So, so you started off with broadheads. Really, was your first mm -hmm. step into the archery. And, and frankly, that's all we really were going to do. And it was really Nate's passion to to take it beyond uh, broadheads and and. Um, and uh, peeps and, and sights and rests and things like that. And he always had that, um, a hankering, I think, to uh, build a bowline. And we went to, uh, actually, uh, one of our competitors, uh, PSC, actually had, a, had a, um, a seminar that we had gone to. And, uh, and uh, we learned quite a bit about the bow itself. Uh, that was in the early 90s. Um, but uh, growing out of that it's passion, like bow tuning uh, seminar that they yeah. put on yeah. here locally, they yeah. had one of their uh, staff shooters that put that that training yeah uh, training session on for years. So. so, so tell me then, when you first bring this idea, like, hey, I want to get into doing all this other stuff, was it like, ah, I don't know if we want to get into all that, or was it like, hey, let's give it a shot and check it out? Well, I think always our response is always let's just try it out uh, yeah. and early on it was just kind of fun and, and everything you never really think through it exactly I, I don't know if we realized how many different uh, pieces of the puzzle we didn't have in place when we decided to do to to go into bows um, it's a completely different kind of business than broadheads um, and there's a lot more manufacturing technologies that have to be um, 
incorporated you know we had never made strings before you know um, decorating process what were how were we going to do what everybody else did were we going to do something different um, uh, you know a lot of the, the stuff that we machined were small yeah. um, and very precise things going to you know bigger risers and and composite materials and stuff like that were, were kind of new so um, but we've never been afraid to, to try things and some of the stuff that we've tried haven't worked uh, some of the stuff has, uh, fortunately, um, but uh, I don't think it's ever been a response of uh, let's not do that. I think the first, we like making things and that was just another uh, cool thing to make in an industry that we're passionate about. So It must be nice to be smart enough to figure out how to make things because mm -hmm. I sit there all the time, like you said, in a tree stand. Mm -hmm. When you have all these ideas, like I don't even know like the first, I was terrible at just general math to begin with, so right. mm -hmm. let alone what you all are doing. So, Well, I am passionate about that in, in, a, in a way, that kind of what you mentioned about, um, uh, I, I think there is, there is something uh, to be said about you know being intelligent enough to about doing something like that, but, but a lot of it just had to do with hard work. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there's uh, uh, um, Elon Musk was was in this interview thing. I, I say this a, a lot around here because I think it helps break down some things. But somebody asked him, well, what does it take to, to be a good, you know, um, if you wanted to start your own business or something, what what do you you know what's the one thing you would tell somebody? And I think this is true, is be you know like to eat glass and then when you go to bed no in the morning you got to wake up and have another big dose of glass yeah. um, and and the, there was a lot of that not to take anything away we have very intelligent uh, you know people here that work hard but that that work ethic and to be able to just go we don't know let's just if there's got to be a better way and just dive in and start doing the work um, yeah. so um, you know uh, you know, I have kids, you know, man has kids, we're hoping we can get this to a fourth generation, but that mindset of um, of not looking at something and going, well, I don't know how to do that. It just, we want to do that. What's the thing that we do know what to do and just do it and, yep. and move on and just be ready to eat glass every day. Because <laughs> that's kind of part of the fun uh, in, a, in a maybe weird kind of way that, that work. But that's kind of what is archery in itself is um, it's not the easiest way to harvest an animal, um, but that challenge is is part of the fun. Is you, that animal has to get closer. You have to put the time in of yeah. preparation of using, you know, um, of just the skill, even shooting a bow. You know, even as good as they've gotten over the 20 years that you know we've been in the industry or whatever, they've gotten so much easier to use and everything. But that challenge is is a big part, um, and so I, I think that's. Mm -hmm. uh, that's helped us, our passion in archery and want to be in this industry with other things that we've done outside of the industry um, because it's to do anything well requires just a lot of work, uh, a lot of craftsmanship yeah. um, and uh, that just takes a lot of effort and time. Yeah, I love that you said that because it's not, there are millions of people that have ideas mm -hmm. but to be able to take that idea to the finish line is the work that you're yeah. talking about. Mm -hmm. And um, I happen to be listening to a podcast on the way over here where they were talking about um, th those who are most successful are the ones that took risks and, and tried things that maybe didn't work the first time. 
Um, and then I also think a lot about like several years, like Michael Jordan, one of the most iconic athletes of our time. It wasn't that he was just automatically great, it was the work that nobody saw that he put in. Mm -hmm. And so having hear you say that and then having walk through your hallway and you've got this wall of patents out there and there's a lot of them, yeah. 20 plus out there. I think it's about 45 or... <laughs> 45, see that? <laughs> so you know that number, right? Because, but just, so just what I, what I, I'm lucky enough that I get a chance sometimes to see behind the curtain a little bit of companies like yours and what it takes to produce your product. But the consumer often doesn't get that opportunity. So when I see that wall of patents, I, I just imagine to myself all the work that went behind every single one of those. Right. So what would, I guess what would you say to the consumer that's watching this? Because they, they see, we go, to, we go to buy something and we tend to see the product, the name on the product, and then the price tag. Mm -hmm. But it's not as simple as that. We think we'll price it at this or there's a lot that goes into every single part that, that is on a, a prime bow or a g5 product right mm -hmm. that's true and in the archery industry it's um we are required as with the bows to come out with new models every year and um and so every year uh we've been fortunate to be able to improve the product they're they're quieter they're faster they're more efficient and so every year we've got to come up with with some new models with Broadhead's a little bit different. Um, you know, our Montec is uh, 19 years old now, and uh, probably for the last 15 years they've been run on the same machines um, uh, as they as they were that when we set up. And um, so there's some difference in bows. It really requires um, an understanding of where the market is. You know, what what do, what do our customers mm -hmm. want to see, um, and um, and where and what our competition is doing. So uh, it's it's a little different with bows as opposed to some of the other um, things that we're involved in. So in that regard too, I want to bring up a, a marketing aspect to that too. Is that you guys do also do a really good job of making packages available to people who might just be starting bow hunting. They're not necessarily right. ready for your top of the line bow right now. So do you want to just talk about that a little bit? Yeah. So we, uh, Quest is our more uh, middle kind of price point value, you know, entry level. Uh, bow line um, and really the um, uh, you know so we in terms of the packages we have just basically you know it kind of uh, makes it easy to get into it you know as a quiver a sight a rest things to just really simplify it so you don't have to make all those decisions on you know what's the best what's going to work on this bow it just makes it easier to kind of get into the sport and it's a great way to get going and um, you know and, and start building your skill and, and learning the sport so and that's an area for us, and I mean, we see that uh, as a, a, a big, op, you know, a big challenge and opportunity for us as a company, but also too for the industry, is really trying to make it more accessible and uh, make make archery fun and, and, and bring in, continue to bring in new people to the sport, because that's, as we know, that's gonna, it's a, it's a, that's what's going to keep that's archery future. going. Right. You know, that's the future. Yeah. That's the future. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so we've been spending. You know, we've put a, over the past several years, in particular, we've put a lot of emphasis on Prime, which is our high end, you know, our, our premium bow line, and we've spent a lot of time with the development and everything on that front. But I think, especially in the past couple of years, we've been discussing more and been working more too, just on what does it take uh, a new person in archery? What, what's what's important to them? How do you really 
focus really and de idea demystify. Yeah, kind of demystify. There's some mysteries with it, and we're trying to simplify. Things. Simplify it and just yeah. really focus on the experience, and to to really have a great experience, so they enjoy it and they want to you know continue with it. So, um, so that's been a particular emphasis um, that we've put on you know yeah. on that front. So. Yeah, with the, the new the uh, SunTech uh, and SunTech NXT um, uh, was kind of a culmination of that um, for for that entry level bow. Um, you know, we, we we learned we learned some things uh, like we said on the prime that that help archers. Uh, it's not so much of making a better bow, but a bow that helps the archer more and using the center grip technology again. One of those things that we didn't come up with. They did uh, in years past. Um, but it was extremely hard to execute that. Uh, and I think at the time they just didn't really uh, need to. The, 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 uh, the competition wasn't there or whatever. But anyways, uh, it was an old, an old idea that, that's about 10 times as more complicated uh, uh, cam design-wise and, and everything else to, to be able to get a bow that um, uh, tunes well out of that. Because usually in the past it was the best aiming bow that didn't tune well. So it's been hard, it's it's a lot more work. But anyways, we wanted to, you know, like I said, we have kids. And um, how do I want, you know, I, when you teach them things, you usually just want them to um, experience it, you know, just long enough that they want to come back again and come back again, right? And and there's, there's a lot of other things fighting for their attention. And so um, if we can get that bow, to um, help them be more successful sooner, and you know, with shooting sports, it's it's being able to take steps back. You know, you always start close, but the sooner you can start getting confidence and starting taking steps back, um, the more fun it is, yeah. right? And so that that's what we we try to take that center grip technology, even though it was more work, um, and um, and push it down into that quest line to be able to give those guys. That are coming in, or in our kids specifically, and more um, at the forefront of our, our mind was the, to help them aim better, um, you know. And then uh, we, we added in a uh, training grip, which just kind of helped with mm -hmm. getting their their hand because the the bow riser is the only thing that you grab differently. Then maybe a golf club is probably maybe the only other thing you don't grab it the way that you grab everything else in life. Um, and that's part of the the issues that I always had with my daughters was. You're trying to always work on their grip and get it right. No, don't grab it. You know, grab it like you do everything else. You got to grab it this weird way. Um, and then two is they would always hit their arms every once in a while, right? They were torquing the bow so bad because they were just, you know, gripping it and everything. And once a kid hits their their forearm once, you lose them. I'd lose my daughters for at least four to six weeks. They oh, they did yeah. not want to go back and shoot. So with that little training grip, we can get them their, their hand right, they're not over-torquing the bow, give them good habits early on, and something you don't really have to teach them, it's just, you just grab it and go. Um, those things are the things that Matt was speaking towards that we're trying to put into uh, that quest line for the early, um, you know, the, um, those are just getting into the sport, yeah. and hopefully we can continue to grow that. Um, yeah. Yeah, and I think that's excellent because I do worry a lot of times that we're always catering to that top 10% layer. Mm -hmm. And there's a whole heck of a lot of consumers below that layer, yeah. as you guys know. Yeah. Um, so a couple more things. Uh, I, Matt, I want to ask you, 
uh, specifically because you're the one that was at the dinner a few years ago at the ATA show we talked about the National Beer Alliance so with everything it takes to to run this company and keep things going and, and going well for you you still find it necessary to contribute to groups like the National Deer Alliance um, to, to essentially do do our mission so that you can accomplish yours. So right. uh, I remember you sitting there and you were looking at me closely the whole time I'm talking and um, you had questions and you were really engaged in what we were doing. So I guess my question would be, why why is it so important that you do that? Well, I mean, obviously the whole archery, the sport, you know, um, from, and, and then bow hunting and what we do, it's all it's all tied together and it's kind of a, you know, a, a system and obviously the animals that we pursue, you know, white-tailed deer obviously being the biggest that we pursue, it's, it's ex extremely, extremely important, you know, to, to, you know, all bow hunters that we, we um, look out for that. And, and obviously over the past several years, there's been more and more discussion um, just about, you know, uh, white-tailed deer, I think, in, in particular. And so I, I think just recognizing that we know we need to be good stewards of the um, of the uh, of wildlife and, and what we're doing and, and being involved with that. So it, I mean, it's really nothing more than that. Just understanding, just really being good stewards, and you know, and, and understanding too that it's not only and you know, it's not only the hunters, but uh, us as manufacturers, we we play a role and and a responsibility to to be to do our our job. You know, of informing people and being you know being part of the. You know, helping with, yeah. with that. So. We certainly appreciate it. There, there are a few groups that were that started with us when we started, and you're one of them. Mm -hmm. And we certainly appreciate that. Mm -hmm. um, so I'll, I'll ask one final question here, and I'm going to ask uh, I'm going to ask it to you one way, and I'll ask G1 mm -hmm. and G3 uh, <laughs> in another way. So um, for you, Lou, I guess I'm interested in what are you most proud of in in your company now and where it is today. Oh wow, um, there's a lot, a lot of things to be uh, proud about, I guess. But um, I guess working with family, um, it, it's it's not always easy. Uh, it's always rewarding, but it's, it's sometimes it's not easy. Part of our problem sometimes is we have so many ideas. The big arm wrestling thing that we go through is what what ideas that we want to work on now, because you can't work on all. Right. Um, so what I'm proud about, I guess, is the fact that uh, we work together as a family, and and um, uh, it's a matter of getting in the boat and make sure that we're all paddling in the right direction, in the same direction. And uh, I think that the company is uh, is gone way beyond what I was hoping for 20 years ago. Yeah. Um, and uh, so I think uh, a lot of that has to do with a little hard work and a lot of prayer. So yeah, yeah. excellent. Yeah. So I'll ask you two then, what are you most optimistic about going forward? <laughs> I, I would, I mean, for me, I, I think we're, we're just getting started. I guess. Oh, wow. That's yeah, great. You know, I mean, really, we're, we're, we're kind of like an old and new company all at the same time, you know, because we're, we've been he's third generation. You didn't notice that when he said old, he was looking at me. <laughs> well, I wasn't going to say anything. It was me and Noah. Well, that's one of the cool thing about family businesses right I mean it that's kind of built in you know what I mean so th there, there's the um, you know if, if it's just an individual I mean it's it's whatever their perspective is so if they're early 
you know, they have young kids, that's what their perspective is, or if their kids are grown up and moved out, then that's what their perspective is. But ours is, you know, multi-generational. So part of us is, it's kind of like a game of hot potato now. We don't want to, we want to make sure the third generation isn't the one where this all ends. We want to pass it on to the next one. So there, there, there's that part of it as well, but also just, you know, uh, not to cut you off, but I mean, that, that's kind no. of part of the cool thing about a family yeah. business. There that. are issues, but that's one of the really cool, yeah. Yeah. just natural outcomes, I think. And, and two, I think it's, it's been, you know, one, you know, Grace and Jerry have been in business for, for many years and we started G5 and it's really the three of us. It was a really small group and now we've grown that and it's, I think, what, you know, let's say we're just getting started. We, we're getting started, but we've really, uh, we're fortunate to work with really good people and the company's way beyond our abilities, certainly. I mean, there, we have so many people contributing. Um, that, that's, it's been huge and I, it's an area that we've really been trying to, we haven't focused on as much as we ha sh maybe should have in the past, but really trying to put more and more on it. It's really the culture, the culture of innovating and, and risk, you know, taking risk and being able to push. That's, um, I think we're really starting to, to get that where it's 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 there's a lot more people than you know just those few family members it's it's mm -hmm. um it's a really good team and um so when i say we're just getting started it's mm -hmm. there's a lot more <laughs> in, in the, the buildings here that are getting that going and, and so and a lot of people that have passion for it whether they're end users or not they just have a passion for what we do it's it's um it's it's, mm -hmm. it's an important you know, important part of the recipe for sure yeah. I think that's a great place yeah. to end because you're you're proud of where you've come from, mm -hmm. but you're and you're just getting started and you're, you have big plans going forward. And to your point earlier, it's about eating glass every day because it's the hard work that's going to get you there. Yeah. Um, I appreciate you taking the time out to do this, and I think people watching this will have a a better understanding. I think of uh, a little behind the scenes of what happens here at, at G5 and Prime Archery and. Thank you again for your support, guys. It, uh, it, it matters. It matters a lot, and it helps uh, keep us going, too. So thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Yeah. Appreciate it.